It's pretty cool. Last week we didn't get this far, right? <laughs> so for those of you who weren't here last week, we just the Lord Holy Spirit was just leading us right into uh, worship. Um, so uh, we didn't have a time of teaching, um, but it's pretty cool because last week was supposed to be uh, Josh's first time preaching as the assistant pastor. So why don't you come on up? He's taught, he's taught here before a couple times, but it was like his first time in that official role. And it was kind of like, how cool is it that the Lord chose that Sunday of all Sundays? For him to say, now we're just going to, we're going to go in and through worship it. And that Josh was just so willing to lay it down. Because I'll be honest, you know, when you get up here with a microphone, right? And you're called to teach. Some people, if their character is not in check, it can become a kind of a weird kind of power trippy kind of thing, you know? Um, I'm sure you've all kind of seen that. But you just see his tender heart, right? Like, no, lay it down. I want the Lord just to do what he's doing. So that is, well, I was like, you know, it wasn't your second time preaching. It wasn't your third time. It was your first time. First time. We were all like, ooh, I, you know, maybe a little nervous or whatever. It's just like, we'll lay it down. We'll lay it down. So it's awesome. So we're just going to pray for Josh, pray for the word, pray for our hearts. So, Lord, we thank you for Joshua. Joshua. God is salvation, right? We thank you for the mantle and calling that is on his life. We thank you for this gentle giant, this man of God who just is willing to lay down his life and to be tenderhearted before. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've brought him through and all that you've done and all the character that you've been shaping in him. Lord, we pray that you just release his gift, continue to release his gift. Lord, we pray that you just open up our hearts and our spirits to receive your word on forgiveness. A lot of us know about forgiveness. Sometimes it's so difficult for us to implement the forgiveness. And so, Father, we pray for soft, tender hearts that can receive from your word. Receive from our brother Josh. Amen? Amen. Wow. I feel like every time I get up, I say, wow. It's just a blessing. Well, welcome to worship, part two. Um, how many of you guys know there's this like really amazing trend that's sweeping our nation right now? It's and people are getting their houses clean. They're cleaning out their closets. They're cleaning out. Raise your hand if you know about this at all. What am I talking about? Who knows what I'm talking about? Marie Kondo, baby. Marie Kondo. This is, <laughs> My wife has been sparking joy all through our house lately. She's been cleaning out closets, cleaning out the basement, cleaning out things we didn't even know were there. And I didn't make the connection until like the Lord made this connection for me earlier um, during worship. Is that what he's doing and what he does in the natural. Like you may not realize it, but it's sweeping the nation. Like there's tons of people that are like posting their closets being organized on Instagram and Facebook and like people are really getting into like this uncluttering mentality and so what he I think what God's doing in the in the what God is doing in the spirit is being mirrored in the natural we're uncluttering ourselves and so forgiveness in many ways is about uncluttering your heart and um, so the vision for like why forgiveness why now why are we talking about this most people think about forgiveness in terms of Salvation. Jesus has forgiven me, 
so I'm forgiven and now I can go to heaven. And that's very, very, very true. But forgiveness is much, much more than that. It's about freedom. We've been praying in this church, especially on Wednesday nights, we've been praying for freedom. We're like, God, break the chains that hold people down. And he's like, okay, let's do this thing. Forgiveness breaks you free. Can you go to that next slide real quick? I think. I have the clicker. I have the power. That's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Okay, so hold on. Anyway, there's this really cool quote that says, like, essentially, I, I forgave, and then I realized that I was the prisoner that was being set free, right? So the principle is that forgiveness, interpersonal forgiveness, will lead us to freedom. Um, so part of what's another reason that we want to forgive is, is um, it will increase our unity. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Um, I just think that's really powerful. So we're going to increase our unity as we forgive interpersonally, right? So Christ has forgiven us, but we're going to begin to walk out actually forgiving each other. Um, and I think it's also part of the new thing that we're stepping into. I don't know if you were here last week, but my mother-in-law released a really powerful prophecy about us stepping into a new thing as a body of believers. And I think that that is part of this as well. And then the other thing is my main vision in life is like I want to be able to show people how to see themselves clearly, how to see God clearly, and how to see other people clearly. And you're not going to do that unless you learn how to forgive other people, forgive yourself, and see God the right way. So this is, this is the vision for why forgiveness, why right now. It's just what God, what's, what's on God's heart. For me personally... The Lord's been really talking to me about keeping my heart uncluttered. So your heart, everybody put your hand right here on your belly. This is your biblical heart. <laughs> when they say heart in the Bible, they're talking about this area right here. This is the pump. Up higher is your pump. This is what pumps your blood. This is your heart. And here, this is your soul. This is your heart. This is. So we're talking about, you know, I got that feeling. I got that feeling in my gut. That's your heart. Um, I can go into that more, but I don't want to drag it on too much. Um, so I want to, I want to, I want to be able to ascend the hill of the Lord. That's the scripture that that God keeps putting on my heart: is who can ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands, those with pure hearts. Forgiveness will clean your heart. It will clean your heart. Not just receiving forgiveness from Him, but forgiving other people. That's going to that's going to clean your heart. Uh, for me. Um, you know, keeps it's keeping me pure. It's keeping my heart uncluttered. Cluttered. Uh, so most of my experience with learning about forgiveness has been in a really awesome ministry that um, one of my mentors uh, named Ruth Hendrickson started. And for about 13 years, she perfected this um, uh, ministry. It's called Masha. Uh, it's basically an inner healing ministry where you're uncluttering yourself, right? Like, and the core of that ministry is forgiveness. So they teach you how to forgive. So I actually walked through that ministry to get healed of a lot of, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in my life. My dad committed suicide when I was 15. Extreme rejection on my life. Extreme anxiety and fear. And as I walked through forgiving people that have hurt me, I became free. And so, um, can you do that video? So just one second, I just want to set this up. That's okay. This is Ruth. Talk about forgiveness for a minute. 
for a little bit. So one of the questions that comes up quite a bit is what is the purpose of forgiveness? Why is this so important? As a believer, as a follower of Jesus, one of the reasons it's so important is because what it does ultimately is it's the restoration of the relationship between God and mankind or humankind and also one to another as, as people. You know, and, and so we're, we're called to live in unity. We're, we're called to work together. And, and when there's issues between us, when there's unforgiveness, that's rather hard to do. So let me put it another way. Forgiveness breaks the chains that, is, that have held us captive to the person who wrongs us. Let me see if I can give you a word picture to go with that. Um, think back to your favorite medieval time film, and you see the jail cell, and you know, and the person has a ball and chain around their ankle, and they're dragging along, and you know, just, just, you know, just looking at it. That's what happens. So when someone we're offended, it's almost like a ball and chain attaches to us. So think of all the times you've been offended through your life. Have you dealt with it? The neat thing is, is that as because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, our sins are forgiven. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross, that means that we can we can forgive others. We can set them free. Um, somebody once said that when we forgive, we think we're letting the other person out of prison. When we forgive, we find out we're the ones getting let out of prison. So forgiveness is absolutely vital because when that chain goes on us, when we're offended, what happens in the spiritual realm is we're throwing the key. We hold the key to forgiveness so that we can be set free because of who the Lord is. So, what does it mean to forgive someone? You know, if we're really going to forgive, we have to understand what forgiveness is and what it is not. Forgiveness is not. It doesn't mean that we approve of what they did. It doesn't mean that we have to excuse it away. It doesn't mean that we have to justify what happened. It also doesn't mean that we're to be blind or in denial of it, or that we forget about it. That's kind of how I was raised. You had to forgive and forget. You've all heard that phrase. It also doesn't mean that we don't take it seriously. Another big stumbling block is a lot of people believe that forgiveness is the same as reconciliation. And I want to tell you right now, it's not. Forgiveness is a gift. Reconciliation is the rebuilding of trust within a relationship. So I just want to make that real clear that forgiveness and reconciliation, forgiveness takes one, holding on to the Holy Spirit. Reconciliation takes two, because trust has to be reestablished. So Colossians 3.13 says, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgives you, so you must forgive others. So if we have to forgive others, what does forgiveness look like or what is it? Well, you know what? It's the, it's the awareness that something was done wrong, and we're going to forgive them anyways. One of the stumbling blocks is that often we want the person to come to us and apologize and ask for forgiveness but R.T. Kendall says a great thing. He says, nine out of ten people don't even realize that they hurt us. So if I'm sitting here waiting for somebody to come and, and ask for forgiveness, and they don't even know they did something wrong, it's never going to come. So, like I said, we got thrown that key. We hold the key to forgiveness. So, I'll also say that walking in forgiveness, learning to forgive, goes against the very grain of human nature. It's not easy. I'm not going to pretend it is. Sometimes the first prayer isn't, Lord, forgive them. Sometimes the first prayer is, God, come and help me to be willing. Help me to be willing to forgive them because I don't even have it in me. And that's what he does. He does and he'll honor that prayer. Forgiveness is also a choice not to keep the record of wrong. It's not necessarily a feeling. We need to understand that we make the conscious decision and trust that the feelings will eventually catch up. 
It's also refusing to punish. You ever want to give someone the cold shoulder? Don't. That's not forgiveness. It's not telling repeatedly what they did. You know, with that, when I had to learn how would I want to be treated. And, you know, we need to extend that to others. We're merciful and we're gracious. Sometimes graciousness and mercy is shown by what we don't say even as we're wrestling inside. We're going we're gonna to set them free. See, absence of bitterness. You know, one of the ways you know that you're forgiven is because the bitterness is gone. The judgment's gone. Again, forgiveness often starts with a conscious decision. And we might have to forgive over and over and over to reach that point where the feelings catch up. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says, And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. You see, it's forgiveness that sets us free. It breaks the chains. It unlocks that lock around our ankles and around our wrists that hold us captive. And what I want you to know is you hold that key. So you have a great opportunity today to take that key and put it in the lock and get free. We hold that key, not the person who wronged us. We hold that key. And when we exercise that and we walk in that, we see that everything shifts, everything changes. It can open doors that you never believed it could be open. It can bring physical healing that you never believed could happen. Because if we're hauling those chains around, it's going to affect us physically also. So the power that God has for us in forgiveness, there's a reason it's all through Scripture. There's a reason Jesus said, Father, forgive them. Because he knew that we needed to be set free. So just, I want to encourage you to go for it. Anger and unforgiveness is not a protective hedge. It is a prison. It's time for a jailbreak. Take care and God bless. Amen. So Ruth has been one of my uh, mentors for years. She's she's actually been really blessed to become part of uh, Patricia King's ministries. As you know who Patricia King is, she's a, a pretty awesome, high-level uh, woman of God. And um, uh, my mom... Uh, Joan, mother-in-law Joan, and um, Jack and Laura are uh, sort of have, are in that ministry, and they, they've been uh, helping people to forgive and get, get inner healing, so I just wanted to honor them, because um, part of the reason of talking about this is because them, <laughs> pretty much the main reason that I've walked through forgiveness with, with Joan, and it's been really helpful, so um, let's see what slide am I on here? can see my whole talk in reverse. <laughs> Done. Oh wait, no. <laughs> Just kidding. So today I really I really believe that, that what God's going to do is he's going to begin to unlock that. We have the key. It's called freedom. We're going to unlock the lock today. So Jesus forgave while he was dying on the cross. So Jesus modeled what I would characterize as radical forgiveness. Literally he's on the cross the Roman soldiers are casting lots for his possessions. The thieves are cursing him. People are blaspheming him. And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. So Jesus is, is our perfect model in terms of forgiveness. So Jesus came so we could be fully free. Unless we're forgiving others, we're not totally free. So, 
There's a scripture in Luke where Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. If you are unforgiving people, you are oppressed, you are not free. If, and Jesus has come to set you free from your unforgiveness. So there's... I see it as three ways that we're held captive. So if you're chronically unforgiving, what do I mean by chronic unforgiveness? It's like you hold on to the offense. Like you stew over it. You like remember it. Before you go to bed, you're remembering it. When you wake up, you're remembering it. And this goes on for weeks and months and years. That's good. That's going to be chronic unforgiveness. That's what, what I'm calling it. But three ways that it affects you is spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Spiritually, chronic unforgiveness. Um, this is a pretty tough scripture. The scripture says, if, uh, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Uh, the best way that I've heard this interpreted is it doesn't really have to do with your salvation. Because this is actually part of the end of the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, he assumes that you've forgiven. He says, Forgive us our debts as we've already forgiven those who owe us something, right? So he's actually assuming that. And he's actually talking to his disciples who had just asked them, how do, you, how do we pray? Teach us how to pray. And so I think there's some, uh, there's some backup for um, the theologian Archie Kendall takes it. This scripture, he says, what this means is it hinders our fellowship with God. So literally, if you're not forgiving, it's going to mess up your connection with the Lord. Remember I said, I want to have pure hand, or clean hands and a pure heart, right? If I'm not forgiving, if I'm holding that other person in unforgiveness, it actually affects my connection to the Lord. So this is not about your salvation. This is about your actual fellowship and connection with the Lord. And also other people too, if you think about it. If you're not forgiving other people, you're not going to be that close to them. And again, this really, this scripture really shows that Jesus is extremely serious about forgiveness. So we're working on uncluttering our hearts. We're getting serious about forgiveness. We're getting serious about becoming free. Um, the second way that it affects unforgiveness affects us. Wait a second. Oh, oh, I forgot about this slide. Okay, so the other probably less known thing is that when you walk in unforgiveness, you're actually giving the enemy. Um, permission legally to, to traffic in your life and to cause things to happen to you. Um, just another really good reason to forgive. And again, Jesus commands us to forgive. So if you're refusing to forgive, unfortunately, it's, it's sin. Sin is it's not, you know, we need to forgive. <laughs> we just need to forgive. I'm, just, <laughs> that's what it's, I'm a really sensitive guy. I don't even understand. You might know that. Dave knows that. Gentle giant tender-hearted individual. I don't like to say things that, but this is what the scripture says. The scripture says if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. So it's uncomfortable for me to like release that word to you, but I think it's also appropriate for me to release that word to you because I, I love you. I care about you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the hard thing to you. I wouldn't stand here and, and again, I'm not perfect in it. I'm, walk, I'm walking in it as well. Like It's been a, a journey, right? But, you know, I don't like to say the hard things, but I'm happy to say them and to love you through them and to hopefully that will just, you know, 
add some benefit to your life. So, second way chronic unforgiveness affects you is emotionally. It actually creates toxic emotions. Toxic emotions are bitterness, resentment, rage. It also pushes other people away. Um, if you do any research on forgiveness, they, you can find at the Cancer Centers of America and Johns Hopkins University. Unforgiveness is actually listed as a disease in certain medical journals because it actually releases, um, it ends up like, so chronic unforgiveness, right? So like I said, it's on your mind all the time. You can't get it off your mind. It actually releases um, certain hormones in your body that are related to stress. And if you know anything, chronic stress in your body turns into bad things. <laughs> so here's a really good reason, emotionally speaking, to forgive, because you just don't want these bad things to keep manifesting your body. And so they've actually found that as they help people forgive, um, just in a medical sense, that oftentimes it makes the treatments more effective, uh, it changes the, pe the person's outlook on, on things, and so it's just a medical, scientific reason to forgive. Physically, chronic unforgiveness, it can lead to, like I said, so chronic disease affects, uh, it actually affects your immune system. You know, what I'm, you know what, I'm getting into the flow so much that my notes are actually <laughs> hindering me. It's pretty cool. It's, it's great. Just, just talking to Dave, because Dave's the professional, it's amazing. So I talked about physically, I mean, so just to read the slide, high blood pressure is a, a thing that happens with unforgiveness. Chronic anxiety is a thing that happens. It absolutely affects your immune system. It depresses your immune system. It causes you to not be able, it causes you to get sick more often, causes you to not be as resistant to diseases. All right, so, moving along. Forgiveness, what is, what, so we should talk about, like, what do I mean by forgiveness, right? So, Oftentimes people think forgiveness means uh, I'm saying that what that person did to me was okay. Or it means that I have to reconcile with that person, which means I have to fix the relationship and things like that. So it's important to define something clearly. What is What something is and what something is not. So forgiveness is not, and this is right out of the 13-year manual that was developed over the, out of a really successful uh, inner healing ministry called Mashah. And so forgiveness is not the approval of what that person did. It's not excusing what they did. It is not justifying what they did. It's not even pardoning what they did. It's not blindness to what happened. It's not forgetting what they did. It's, uh, it's not forgetting what they did. It's not reconciliation. And it's not refusing to take the wrong seriously. It's not pretending that you were not hurt. What is forgiveness? I think as I was as I was like developing this talk, I had to think, well, what, what what is what is forgiveness? How do I see it? And some of the things that came to me was forgiveness is God's gift to us, both to restore us to Himself and to restore us to each other. It's a powerful gift from God that enables spiritual, emotional, and relational freedom. Forgiving is choosing to cancel a debt you are owed when you feel you have been wronged. This debt can be real or perceived. So what happens is someone comes to you, or maybe they don't come, maybe, they don't, maybe somebody says something behind your back, right? What happens is in a very real way, that person owes you something. 
whether it be an apology, whether it be recompense, in other words, trying to make it right. And what happens is that is when you choose to forgive, you're saying, no, you don't owe this to me anymore. I'm canceling your debt to me, right? So what is, again, forgiveness is the awareness of what someone has done. So it's you know what they did and forgiving them anyway. It's the choice to not keep a record of the wrong. It's giving up your right to hate. It's giving up my right to hate you for what you did. It's giving up my right to hate you for what you did. That's forgiveness. Refusing to punish is forgiveness. Not telling repeatedly what they did. In other words, you can tell one person what they did so that you can walk through forgiveness with them. But if you're telling everybody, if you're retelling that story, you're really not. That's not necessarily forgiveness. Being merciful and gracious is forgiveness. The absence of bitterness is forgiveness. A choice. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. So forgiveness is really amazingly powerful. It's more powerful than you realize. And I'm going to invite my mother-in-law, Joan, to come up to give a brief testimony about really the power of forgiveness. Good morning, everyone. This summer, my husband and I went to New Hampshire for a vacation. And while we were there, we stayed at an Airbnb and discovered that our host and hostess were born-again Christians. And so we got to talk with one another about the various ministries in each of our churches. And as I began to talk about the Mashah ministry, our inner healing ministry, our hostess was very interested in what a typical session would look like. And I told her that forgiveness is in just about every single session. And she said to me, I have a forgiveness story for you. This story has really transformed my way of thinking about forgiveness. Even though I knew before how important it was, this is so dramatic. When our hostess was a young mother, she took her son and daughter into town. They were driving down the road, going down a hill, turning towards the right, and a big truck came and creamed them in the side of the car. Their injuries were so severe that they brought three ambulances, one for each of them. They threw her into the first one, son into the second, daughter into the third. And as they began to take off, the son died. Our hostess, his mother, was told by God that her son was going to die. And she said to the EMT who was in her ambulance, I need you to make me a promise. I would like you to go to the truck driver and tell him I forgive him. I know that my son is dying. God told me that it was going to happen. The EMT said, you don't have to do this. And she said, oh yes I do. And promise me that you'll tell him. 
When they got to the hospital, the EMT that was with our hostess spoke to the EMT who was with her son. And he said, yes, he died. But as we went around that bad curve in the road, he came back to life again. They were able to determine that the minute this woman spoke forgiveness over the truck driver, this young man's life was restored. He's alive and well today, has given her grandchildren. And so the bottom line is forgiveness has the power to bring the dead to life. You guys know me? I am all about the tools, right? Like, let's do the stuff. Let's let's activate in forgiveness. Let's let's get free, right? And so um, I actually have this really awesome resource. It's a um, it's a forgiveness prayer that's modeled to us on one side and the other side is uh, another part of forgiveness, which is praying over those people that have wounded us. Um, and so this is available. If uh, anybody wants to just come to see me after service, and we have about 50 of them that we can hand out. But so real quick, not real quick, I'd just like you guys to close your eyes. Just close your eyes. And I want you to think about, let the Holy Spirit bring to your mind, who has wounded me? Who has hurt me? Holy, so you can say you can say it out loud, or you can say it to yourself. Holy Spirit, show me who has wounded me that you want me to forgive. You may hear something. You may have a picture of something. For some of us, it's just going to be really easy because that person's been on our minds and in our hearts for a really long time. So what I'm going to do is going to lead you through this model prayer on forgiveness and just keep in mind the name of the person and specifically what offense they have committed against you. So there's going to be a part where you're going to fill in the prayer with that name and you're going to fill in the prayer with that offense. So um, you can either say it out loud or you can just say it in your spirit. It's fine. Um, Heavenly Father, you have, that's okay. Heavenly Father, you have made it clear that, your desire, that you desire healing and freedom for me. That can only come through my willingness to forgive. Therefore, I make a choice to forgive. Insert the name of that person. For the offense of, name the offense, I confess that I have felt anger, bitterness, insert whatever feelings you felt. I confess.
confess that I have felt these feelings towards. I also acknowledge that at times my response has been wrong and has not reflected your love and forgiveness. I choose to let go of the judgments I have made against this person. You can list those, um, if the Holy Spirit brings those to your mind, you can list them. The judgments that you have judged that person with. So I choose to let go of these judgments and all expectations I have placed upon that person as a result of that offense. choose now as an act of my will to release that person to you and I ask you to bless them. It can be a hard thing to do, but we ask you to bless them. (coughs) Heavenly Father, I come before you and ask you to forgive me for my sins. any way in which I sinned as a result of how I was sinned against. I acknowledge and take full responsibility for each time I have violated your commandments. I thank you that because of your shed blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the cross, I can stand forgiven. Thank you for working forgiveness in my life, for healing and cleansing me. Help me to walk in freedom, healing, and wholeness that you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Did anybody feel that? Do you feel a little freer? It's okay, if you, it's okay if you don't, but I can tell who does. It's pretty cool. Because <laughs> um, this is practice. This is, a, this is a practice thing. You don't, sometimes you think like, oh, I have to get it right, right away. It's like, how long have you been practicing forgiving people? Right? It's like, there's grace for it. He's a good father. So I just love that part. I'm, I'm, I'm all about the tools. I'm all about activating you and doing and being righteous. I'm all about you. This is this is helping you to see that person who sinned against you clearly. That's part of my vision, right? Is I want you to be able to see other people clearly the way that God sees them. Also in receiving forgiveness in this point, you're you're beginning to be able to see yourself clearly the way that God sees you. Right? And also we're seeing God as He's the God that forgives. Right? So this is this is I'm loving it. It's my vision, right? It's my vision. I want to wake you guys up. Not just you, but everybody up to this idea. So the one last thing that I I wanted to make mention of is that um, forgiveness is truly part of our identity. It's truly part of, of who we are as sons and daughters of a father who has forgiven us so much. We can choose to forgive those who have wounded us. 
It's not an easy thing to do. It's like, in fact, it's probably one of the hardest things that most people do is, is to forgive people that have wounded them. And it, it goes into so much more because it gets into like, besides emotional offenses, it gets into physical offenses and actual damage that's been done to you. And, you know, there's like a whole bunch of stuff. But I'm telling you, one of the most fruitful things in your life that you can do is begin to walk as a son or daughter who forgives because they've been forgiven. Another thing I want to do is to reframe your mindset. Yes, Scripture says that you have to forgive. It says that you must forgive. It's a commandment. If you're not forgiving, you are walking, you're willingly walking in sin at that point. And again, I'm talking about like the offense is on your mind and you're not doing anything other than letting yourself become bitter because of the offense. So that's it's wrong. It's not what God calls you. But here's the thing. As sons and daughters, we get to forgive. It's our privilege. It is absolutely a privilege and a... Um, a gift from God to be able to forgive other people of the things that they've done wrong against us so that we can walk free and they can walk free. Um, it's the cry and the prayer of our heart of this church. Every Wednesday, I'm telling you, it's like, it's like, Lord, show us the vision for this, this congregation and also break us free. So this is part of us being broken free. This is part of us stepping into the new thing. And um, I'll just leave you with Colossians 3.13. The New Living Translation says, Since God chose you to be holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. I guess the worship team could come up if they wanted to. I didn't forget about that part. It's okay. Um, So I want you to know we have like a pretty seasoned um, group of, of people that are, have led many, many people through forgiveness and prayer. It's part of the reason that I asked my mother-in-law and father-in-law to come and be here today. And um, so I'm, I am going to invite them to come up as well. And if you like want to do more forgiveness stuff, if you, if, or, you know, if you just need some prayer too, these are people that have poured into my life. So I absolutely trust them. 100%. So I, I, I'm going to ask them to come up as well. And uh, does anybody have a word from the Lord? Does anybody have a, a thought that they'd like to share? just want to leave some space for that, yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yes? I've had to do a lot of forgiving my last year. That's right, you have. One thing I had to reconcile first before I could even forgive, and that's Proverbs 4.4. You've got to do something with your anger. Because if you don't do something with your anger first, That's a good word. you'll never reach forgiveness. It's a good word. That's right. The Proverbs 4 4 and what is it, James 4 20? Mm -hmm. Anger of man is not sure the righteousness of God. It's a good word. So if you're angry, sometimes we have to ask the Lord to like 
help me even want to forgive, right? There's grace for it. Like that, I, that's what I want you to know is there's grace for the process. So if you're angry and you can't, like, can't even think about forgiving them, begin to say, Lord, you commanded me to forgive. I'm having a hard time doing it. Would you begin to help me to forgive this person? Would you help my heart to want to forgive that person? I confess and repent of my anger. I'm not going to walk in anger. I'm going to break all agreements with anger. Very, it's simple. It's simple. It's maybe not easy. Simple, but it's not easy, right? Scripture says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord, those with clean hands and a pure heart? That's who I want to be. I'm inviting you to, to be that with me. It's not easy, but it, it is simple. <laughs> and you're clean, right? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. You might have said that back. But if you confess and believe he is who he says he is, he is Lord. He is Savior. Believe in your heart that he is Lord and he is Savior. Confess it with your mouth. That's the entryway into true forgiveness. Secular society can forgive, but they can't forgive the way that we can forgive because of who Jesus is in us. We can forgive totally. We can be completely clean, completely pure because of what he's done. We are righteous children of God who know how to forgive. And so I'm going to just, we're going to open it up. If you'd like to come up, um, there is no shame in coming up. Like you can... Like, it's important, right? It's important. So, what's that? And Dave's going well, Dave's gonna come up and say something when I'm done. But um, you know, in this spirit of, of forgiveness, remember, remember how much you have been forgiven. How many wrong things that you've done. How many hidden sins that you've been done. And remember that you've been forgiven for that. So, because you've been forgiven for those things. You get to and have the ability to forgive those who have absolutely wronged you. So, uh, it's a good word, huh? Come on. You know, it's a good word when the battery of the mic is nice. when Josh was speaking, I just felt like the Lord was just showing me a couple of things from prayer night on Wednesday. I just wanted to emphasize the notion of forgiveness. When, when the Lord is on the cross, you know, he says a couple of things, different gospels say different things, but if you put all the gospels together, it's a bit of a, a formula, right? First thing he says, I thirst. Then another gospel or a combination of gospels say that he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they have done. A lot of people wrong you and sin against you. They don't even, they don't even know like, why they're acting a certain way. It could be generations of junk on their life. The Lord cries out, Ali, Ali, Lama, Sabakani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the gospels say that it, that it is finished. But I believe all of them say this, it says that, that Jesus then yielded up his spirit. I feel like one of the powers of forgiveness is to yield up your spirit. Like yield up your desire to the Lord. 
I want this to be made right. I want them to come and forgive me. I want them to say I'm sorry. But the power of the resurrection is the death. And in the death, you have to yield. You have to yield your spirit. You have to yield your desire. What you want. You have to lay it down. You have to yield up the spirit to see the resurrection. And if you want to see resurrections in relationships, you got to yield it. And then there was another thing that just when Josh was speaking just hit me hard. You're probably not going to like this one. You can forgive people, but you can also forgive groups of people. If one white person wronged you, it's not all white people, right? Forgive white people, if you will. If, 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 if black people or a black person has wronged you in the neighborhood at one point, you, you gotta, you gotta, you're just going to lay it all out. You can forgive whole groups of people and perspectives that you may have of them. And I think one of the most powerful things that we as a church body can do, and this is what's going to rub people the wrong way, go forgive the Republicans. Go forgive the Democrats. Yes. You have to forgive groups of people to set yourself free and, your, and, and to set a nation free. And it's cool because I'm getting looks. And if I'm getting looks, I know the Lord is working. And in our day and age, it's hard. It's hard to forgive groups of people. Forgive your president, forgive past presidents, forgive Speaker of the House, forgive Senate Majority Leaders of the past, the present, whatever your little vibe is. You need to let it go. You just need to yield it to Jesus. And so I just encourage you, if, if there isn't a person in your, in your mind that you're like, I can't really think of someone. I know some of you guys, because we talk, some of you need to forgive whole political parties. Does it mean that they're right? We just said, what is forgiveness? And what is it not? Does it mean they're right? Does it mean that they wronged you? But you let it go. Oh, you guys, I wish I had a mirror. I could just like show, show, show the faces that I'm getting right now. You gotta let it go. So Lord, we come before you. And we thank you that you are the Lord who has ushered into forgiveness. And you usher us into forgiveness. We thank you that the first actual declaration, <laughs> the first actual declaration of your public ministry was this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to those who are blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Lord, we want to be free. We want to walk in liberty. And Father, I pray whether it's a single person or if it's a group of people or if it's political establishments, Lord, whether those people are in the wrong or in the right, Lord, it doesn't matter. We just pray right now that we as a body can choose a higher road. We can choose a higher place. We can ascend the places of the Lord that just says, we yield it to you. We yield our spirits to you, O oh God, so that we can see a resurrection in our life, and that we can see a resurrection in our land, 
Amen? Amen. Woo! So yeah, we're going to just close out with some worship. There's things that you just need to walk through in, in forgiveness. Just come on up. If not, have a wonderful week. We'll see you downstairs or next Sunday. Remember the conference is going, so our prayer and worship time will not be this week. But we'll be rocking and rolling down in Philadelphia. Have a wonderful week, guys.